Welcome, friends, to this brand new edition of A Heart After God Bible Teaching Ministry with Pastor Brad Abley. We're delighted that you've joined us today, and we've already been praying for you, that you would meet the Lord in a fresh, new way. We've also been praying that you would be changed and transformed into the image of Jesus by the power of His Word and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And now, let's resume our Know Your Faith series as we go through the entire Gospel of Luke, patiently, slowly, and verse by verse. Here's Pastor Brad. Well, praise the Lord, my friends. It is good to be with you. This is Pastor Brad Abley with the Heart After God Bible Teaching Ministry, a ministry that is designed to take you deeper into the Word of God and, of course, to stir within us, all of us, a greater heart after God. We are in our series called the Know Your Faith series through the Gospel of Luke as we go through it verse by verse. This is part 33 of our series in Luke, and we are in Luke chapter 5. We're going to be going through again verses 33 through 39 because we haven't finished those verses yet. And um, let's get right into it because last time we ran out of time and I can tell that I need every single moment to be able to, to explain what is somewhat difficult passage to understand. So let's pray and uh, join me in prayer. Would you, Father, glorify your name and would you move mightily, Holy Spirit, in our lives to, to have open eyes and open ears and open hearts to eagerly receive your word and let it change us and transform us in mighty ways we ask. Amen and amen. Well, Luke chapter 5, and we're going to begin in verse 33. I'll read through verse 39. And the title of this message is, Does Your Tradition Line Up with the Word of God? It's a question. The title again is, Does Your Tradition Line Up with the Word of God? Let's look at uh, verse 33. Luke tells us, And they said to him, this is the Pharisees and the scribes, The disciples of John often fast and offer prayers. The disciples of the Pharisees also do the same, but yours eat and drink. And Jesus said to them, you cannot make the attendance of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them, can you? But the days will come, and when the bridegroom is taken away from them, then they will fast in those days. Verse 36, and he was also telling them a parable. No one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and puts it on an old garment. Otherwise, he will both tear the new and the piece from the new will not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins and it will be spilled out and the skins will be ruined. But new wine must be put into fresh wineskins. And no one after drinking old wine, which wishes for new, for he says the old is good enough. 
Now, I'm not going to go through and explain the historical background and meaning of especially the new wine and old wine. I think most of us understand the need to patch old garments, old clothes. I remember when I was a little boy, my mom used to do that for me all the time. So I I won't take time to explain that now, but I want to get to the heart of what Jesus is teaching on. That's the most important thing. And that is this, my friends, man, man man-made religion and man-made religious traditions always attack the pure ways and word of God. And when, when someone knows the word of God, but his or her heart is not right with God, then what he or she can do is use the word of God as a weapon to keep people in control. He can use the word of God in a legalistic way, in a manipulative way, in a in a fear, in a way that can cause fear in someone. And and this is what the Pharisees and the scribes did to the people all the time. As we continue to go through the Gospel of Luke, you're going to see that again and again and again. Now, first of all, let's let's consider what is an unexpected mention by the Pharisees and scribes linking the disciples of John with the Pharisees and scribes. That's surprising. Notice again in verse 33, and they said to him, the disciples of John often fast and offer prayers and the disciples of the Pharisees also do the same thing, but yours eat and drink. Now, why would the Pharisees include the disciples of John? John wasn't the Messiah. He only pointed the way to the Messiah. And matter of fact, that's what John said over and over again. We studied that many, uh, well, a few months ago. John never claimed to be the Messiah. He always pointed to Jesus as the Messiah. Now, there's evidence that John the Baptist was linked with a group in Israel. They were called the Essenes. They were like the Pharisees in their own rigorous devotion to the Torah, except the Essenes disdained the arrogance of the Pharisees and the scribes because they thought the Pharisees and the scribes were hypocrites and they were worldly. And that's true. The Pharisees and scribes were very greedy. They lived in the best houses. They they wore the best clothes. And they wanted people to notice that as well because they tried to tell, try to convey to the people that they were holier because they were closer to God. This is what religious leaders do that don't have a right heart with God, that don't have his heart for people, that don't have a heart to serve the people like Jesus' apostles did and like Jesus himself did. The Pharisees expected others to serve them, and they got rich off of their followers, just like religious leaders do today and always have. And you and I are going to see when we stand before God, Jesus say to many, 
depart from me, for I never knew you, you workers of iniquity or lawlessness. Even people that will say, Lord, did we not in your name cast out demons and heal the sick and perform miracles? And he'll say, depart from me. I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. And what was the one major sin of the Pharisees and the scribes? It was greed. Greed for um, notoriety, that is to be noticed by men, but especially financial greed. Jesus called them out on that again and again and again. And yet, there are still men and women of God in positions of authority that are greedy. And they milk the people for everything they can get from them. I want to tell you this. Jesus warned his church about this. And there is going to be a heavy, heavy price for people who are in positions of authority that abuse that authority so that they can get rich, just like the Pharisees and the scribes. My friend, everyone who is called into leadership in the body of Christ ought to be very familiar, very familiar with the, the constant attacks of the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees against Jesus and Jesus calling them out and exposing them for the frauds that they were. And then he said to his own disciples, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Hypocrisy means that you pretend to be one way in front of people, and what when the people are not around, you're a totally different man or woman. And we have to guard our hearts against hypocrisy because none of us are without sin. None of us are perfect, but we have got to allow the Holy Spirit to shine his light on a daily basis into our hearts to make sure our hearts are clean, that we're repenting of sin, that we're obeying God, and that we're being filled with his Holy Spirit. I want to urge you, just like I urge myself, to live this way. Now, um, so the, the, the Essenes, like John the Baptist, didn't want anything to do with the Pharisees and the scribes because they were so worldly. So what they did is they chose to live apart from society in the wilderness. Remember, John the Baptist was preaching in the wilderness. They were probably viewed as forerunners of the later monastic movement um, in the first several church. Uh, centuries of the church, which, as a matter of fact, the monastic movement started in the deserts of Egypt. I know I'm speaking to people in Egypt, to believers in Egypt, and the monastic movement began with Anthony in the desert. Anyway, John the Baptist was just as orthodox as the Pharisees and the scribes. He kept the Torah carefully. And his own disciples would have done the same thing. That's why the Pharisees and the scribes were referring to them. Now, it's interesting that some of Jesus' uh, disciples were actually former disciples 
of John the Baptist. You can you can see that in uh, John in the Gospel of John, chapter one, verses thirty-five through thirty-seven. Well, therefore, both John the Baptist and the Pharisees and the scribes now view Jesus and his ways with mistrust. Matter of fact, in uh, Matthew chapter eleven, you can read about that there in uh, Matthew chapter eleven and verse. Two, although the Baptist concerns, John the Baptist concerns were nowhere near as intense as the growing disdain of the Pharisees and the scribes toward Jesus. Now, more than this, however, we can see a typical tactic of the Pharisees and the scribes that we all know about. What is it? Well, when someone wants to undermine another person or group, what does he often do? He uses majority opinion to bring, to denounce. In other words, hey, the majority of us agree on something, so who are you to argue with the majority? Basically, what they were saying is everyone in Israel recognizes our authority and even the authority of John's disciples, but who are you? You, you're following a rabbi that we don't even accept, and you're a bunch of former fishermen. Who are you? But you see, my friends, Jesus stepped in and defended them. He defended his disciples because the Pharisees, by criticizing them, were trying to get them to stop following Jesus. But let me tell you, Jesus was the master of truth, is the master of truth, and he was never moved by a majority opinion or the pressure of man. He was moved by the Father and the truth of his word alone. And that is what we must always be about. If it, some tradition can be good as long as it lines up with the word of God. But if our traditions do not line up with the word of God, we have to Throw those traditions out and let us obey the word or let the word reform those traditions. Why do you do the things that you do as leaders in the church? Do you do them because they've always been done this way? Or do you do them because you, you know you're interpreting scripture accurately and it's the word of God that teaches us how to have traditions that are healthy. Well, the other thing I want to point out is we can be certain that the tone of voice with which the Pharisees and scribes spoke to Jesus was harsh, it was angry, it was condemning, and it was demanding. How do we know that? Well, remember, they hated Jesus, and they were threatened by him, and they thought they were better than Jesus. Their tone of voice was especially demanding. Why? Because they allowed nobody to rebel against their man-made religion found in their own oral teaching, not in the Old Testament, but in their own oral teaching. You can read that in Matthew chapter 7, where Jesus rebukes them for, their, for elevating their own oral tradition above the word of God. Well, so Jesus and his disciples represented a great threat 
to them, didn't they? Well, as a result, this passage, really what it comes down to is authority. Is it man's authority or God's authority? Well, what was going on? The Pharisees and the scribes saw their authority slipping away from them, as it should have been. They should have given way to Jesus. Remember, the very you know they're quoting John the Baptist. Well, what did John the Baptist say? He must increase and I must decrease. Do you think the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees said that? <laughs> no, they didn't. But how many leaders in the church today have that mentality? Lord, it's all about you. It's not about me. Matter of fact, would you say that if you're a leader in the body of Christ or just a Christian, would you say these words with me? Lord, it's not about me. It's all about you. You must increase and I must decrease. I want to speak to those of you who are called to pulpit ministry. My friends, before you ever get in, before you ever preach or teach the word of God, are you praying earnestly for the people? Are you praying earnestly for yourself? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to search your heart so that when you teach and preach, God is glorified, the church is edified, and, and you get out of the way and you present Jesus to the people. Is that the way you approach your teaching or preaching ministry? If it's not, then you have some urgent soul searching to do. And you ought to humble yourself quickly before the Lord. Now, what's really going on here is that the Pharisees and the scribes were holding on to their old clothes and their old wineskins. They wanted, they really gave lip service to God saying, we want the new covenant. But when the new covenant was offered to them, what happened? They rejected it because they didn't want to give up their authority. They were the old wineskins. And already they could see, they could well see that Jesus was establishing new wineskins, which basically refer to the new covenant. That's why I read the account in Luke 22 of the last supper or the last Passover meal. And I emphasize that Jesus said, this is the new covenant in my blood. That's what every Jewish man, woman, and child looked forward to all their lives and never saw it until the days of Jesus. So you see, my friends, the religious leaders should have gladly given, a, given way to the Messiah, but they were so arrogant, so proud that they didn't want the Messiah to come and reign over them. John gave way to the Messiah. The Pharisees and the scribes refused. That's because their hearts were not right with God. They loved to boast about their own righteousness. Always read Matthew 23 and get to know that chapter well and see what Jesus had to say about these religious leaders. You see, this is what religious leaders today do when their hearts are not right with God. They boast 
about their own righteousness. They boast about the size of their churches. They boast about their prayer lives. And in so doing, they are deceiving themselves, thinking that they are godlier, godlier than others. And my friends, boasting has no place in the kingdom of God. It's fleshly, it's worldly, and as a matter of fact, it's demonic. Let me, let me share with you just a few verses about what Scripture has to say about boasting. Listen, listen to the Apostle Paul, the greatest apostle ever, who always called himself a bondservant of the Lord Jesus Christ and even a bondservant of the churches. Notice what he says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 14, which I have committed to memory. And listen, beloved, I want to urge you to memorize Scripture and commit this verse to memory. Paul says this in Galatians 6, verse 14, But may it never be that I would boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Oh, is that not one of the most powerful verses in Scripture? Let me read it again. But may it never be that I would boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Especially if you're a Christian leader, can you say that's your heart and your attitude before God? What about what Paul also said to the leaders of the church in Ephesus in the book of Acts, chapter 20. And if you'd like to turn with me there to Acts chapter 20, and I'll just read to you verse 24. I have to work on, I committed this to memory a long time ago, but I've been a little bit rusty on it. So I have to refresh my, my, my memory on this. Now, listen, my friends, you say, well, maybe... Maybe you say memorizing scripture isn't easy for you. But let me say something to you. I have been memorized by the grace of God. I have been memorizing scripture since I was a brand new Christian at the age of 20. I'm 61 years old now and I'm still memorizing scripture. When something really speaks to me, I write it down and I memorize it. And oftentimes I'll pray it. So you're never. You, all of us can memorize scripture. Anyway, Acts 20, verse 24, Paul says this, but I do not consider my life of any account as dear to myself so that I may finish my course and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify solemnly of the gospel of the grace of God. Again, that's so powerful. Let me read it again. But I do not consider my life of any account as dear to myself so that I may finish my course and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify solemnly of the gospel of the grace of God. Solemnly means 
reverently, carefully. And notice what he's testifying of. It's the gospel. It is great news of a life-changing event. That's what the gospel meant. And what it is, what is it? It's the gospel of the grace of God. Now, my friends, the Pharisees and the scribes made it well known that they fasted uh, on Mondays and Thursdays. But fasts were never required in the Mosaic Law except on the Day of Atonement. They boasted in their fasts. Why? Because they wanted to impress men. Let me read it for you. Uh, Jesus, again, calls them out in Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to read to you from verses 1 and then verses 16 through 18. Matthew chapter 6, I'm turning there now. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 1. Uh, Jesus says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before men to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father who is in heaven. Boy, that's a sobering verse, isn't it? Let me read it again. Be This is Jesus speaking. Beware, Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, of practicing your righteousness before men to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father who is in heaven. If I were you, I would read all of Matthew chapter 6. But let me just drop down to verses 16 through 18. He says this. Watch this carefully. Whenever you fast, whenever you fast, do not put on a gloomy face as the hypocrites do. Who are the hypocrites? They are the Pharisees and the scribes. For they neglect their appearance so that they will be noticed by men when they're fasting. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. But you, speaking to his disciples, when you fast. See, Jesus is not against fasting. What he is for is the right time and the right reason and the right motive. Verse 17, Matthew 6. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that your fasting will not be noticed by men, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. You see, my friends, it's important for us to understand that God is a rewarding God. He loves to reward His children, and He loves to reward His children when we are obedient to Him. I'm not saying that we are perfectly obedient. No, we're not. I've seen God reward me uh, despite my own sin sometimes. But, but I would rather make sure that I'm obeying him so that when I'm rewarded, I can enjoy the fruit of that reward. But I never say I deserve it. God rewards us by his grace, by his goodness, and by his mercy. He is a good God. He is good and kind. And in Uganda, uh, the, the, the word in uh, Luganda is Mukama Mulungi. The Lord is good. 
He is a good God. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his loving kindness is everlasting. Can you say amen with me on that? Well, my friends, unfortunately, I see that my time is almost gone and um, we'll finish this passage up next week. Until then, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And though I didn't have time to pray for needs, I ask, Father, that you would meet their needs according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus for your pleasure. Amen and amen. Well, until next time, this is Pastor Brad Abley. Please don't forget to pray for Maureen and me. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor Brad, for this outstanding message and time of ministry. Friends, Pastor Brad and his wife Maureen need a prayer team. Would you kindly consider praying for them on a daily basis? Thank you for your partnership. If you've been blessed by this ministry, please tell others about it. If you would like to partner with him financially, please go to his website at bradabley.com. You can also check out his two devotionals and his commentaries on amazon.com. Until next time, we pray that our Lord stir you daily to have a greater heart after him in every way.